Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for episode 38 of the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. I appreciate that you're taking the time to listen, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, For those of you who are regular listeners, fair warning, we're going to cover some really new territory in this episode. A gentleman by the name of Logan Murray will be joining me here on this episode of Social Impact CX. Logan will introduce himself as we get started. He's a very smart guy. He's a pharmacist and is presently working on his PhD in the field of pharmacy at the University of Iowa. Full disclosure, I personally have a special place in my heart for the profession of pharmacy. My wife is a pharmacist, and while her career path has been a bit different than the traditional role of dispensing behind the counter, which of course is a very important role, for someone like myself who is not a pharmacist by profession, I've always found it interesting to get exposure to what's going on in the world of pharmacy. And I have to admit that I I find my recent conversations with Logan to be especially interesting given my occasional views as someone looking outside in when it comes to the pharmacy profession. So in my other daily work outside of this podcast, I'm also a social entrepreneur. I'm founder and CEO of a startup company called JourneyMap L3C, which is a cloud-based application that can do journey mapping work in a more affordable and accessible approach Um, uh, And JourneyMap, my company, as well as the application that lives in the cloud, is specifically designed so that customer experience work, such as measuring empathy and emotion, and then journey maps, um, which is usually pretty expensive work. Uh, So that work is more affordable so that it can be done by social impact organizations and nonprofits and educational institutions and small businesses like community pharmacies, which is we're going to get to Logan's work here, uh, and then other businesses that might not have a huge budget to do CX work so that they can better understand the experiences of the people that they're working to serve. So Logan and I crossed paths in our pharmacy circles, if you will, and he decided to use my application JourneyMap as part of his thesis research to better understand a really important issue related to selecting Medicare Part D plans. More specifically, how community pharmacists in a rural setting can help retired people and elderly people who might very well be on a limited budget, how that community pharmacist might help someone select the right Medicare Part D plan for them. And and that's important on many different levels, which we'll be talking about. From my non-pharmacist perspective, there are wellness and health and social impact issues all rolled into Logan's work and his findings. This episode of Social Impact CX is part one of my conversation with Logan about his work, and there will be a second episode to come as well. But before we get to the conversation with Logan, as always, I start each episode of Social Impact CX with a moment of gratitude. After I wrapped up the recording session with Logan, he and I were talking about meditation and mindfulness, which we're both interested in. And so my moment of gratitude here in episode 38 of Social Impact CX is for Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier. Because after Logan and I talked about 10% Happier, I went home and picked up our copy again. Um, If you're not a meditator, or maybe you're interested in meditation but have not tried it so far, I'd suggest you check you check out this book. It's a good read, and it's a good starting place, I think, on the subject of meditation. 
and uh, it's by someone you may have seen on TV. The author is Dan Harris, who's on ABC. So even though meditation is not always a relatable subject for everyone, this book might make it relatable because I think it's fair to say someone like Dan Harris, who, who you see on TV, sharing his experiences and thoughts on a subject like meditation, it might be helpful. There's also a 10% Happier podcast and a 10% Happier app out there. So if those are more your speed, you may want to check out those as well. And one more thing. It just so happens that this episode was recorded in October of 2019. And and it also just so happens that October here in the U.S. is American Pharmacist Month. In fact, every October is American Pharmacist Month. So happy American Pharmacist Month to Logan and everyone listening in who just might be a pharmacist themselves. I know that I certainly respect the work that you do. With that, let's get to this interesting conversation with Logan Murray about his community pharmacy work related to Medicare Part D and what he found during his thesis research using JourneyMap. Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome Logan Murray to Social Impact CX. Hey, Logan. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for um, uh, thanks for taking the time to join me here at Social Impact CX. So. Uh, Logan's been doing some fascinating work that has social impact implications in the field of pharmacy. Uh, but before we start about that, actually, Logan, why don't you introduce yourself in terms of what it is that, that you do? Yeah, so as John already mentioned, my name is Logan Murray. I'm a pharmacist and a current PhD student in health services research at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. Um, a lot of my work thus far has focused on patient access specifically in the pharmacy arena, so access to enhanced pharmacy services on the drive outcomes, and then also getting a better understanding of the patient valuation of some of those types of services. And so yeah. figuring out how we can get patients to use services that we know work. Good. Yeah, so so I have, full disclosure, I have some insider um, uh, connections with the University of Iowa's College of Pharmacy and Health Services. And so Logan and I had the chance to meet and we were talking about his thesis work for his PhD program and uh, I brought up to him that um, I not only work in the field of customer experience but also uh, my other business uh, besides my podcasting efforts here is that I have a startup called JourneyMap and it's an online application it's in the cloud and allows you to do journey mapping work in a much more affordable way it's all it's based upon ethnographic research and, and uh, analysis, there's algorithms involved in that. It's, it's designed to make it easier, much more approachable and accessible on how you do journey mapping work, which is usually really expensive. Uh, and there's more than one way to do journey mapping work. You can do custom ethnography and there's other approaches, but uh, I offered to Logan, um, I asked him if he'd be interested in giving journey map a try and doing some of his research and, and he said yes. So, um, so what we worked on here is that Logan incorporated journey map, journey mapping in a community pharmacy setting uh, uh, in, in some of his thesis work. And we have the results here and I have to say it's, it's really fascinating. So do you want to just give a top line about uh, what your focus on your thesis work was and then how you use the journey mapping work in a community pharmacy? Oh, and so Really, we wanted to get a better understanding um, in a rural community in Iowa about the patient experience with an advanced pharmacy service. And so using JourneyMap, uh, we actually printed the services. You can do them right. 
right. Journey maps online. online, but you could actually take the survey instrument that's based in ethnography, remote ethnography actually, and you could actually print out the uh, um, the questionnaires and, and do the surveying in person on paper. If in in Logan's case, uh, he had a population that's retired, elderly people in rural communities, and so not everyone has access to email, and and so you could uh, you can send out survey invite links via email or you can print out the survey and then you can input uh, the, the survey findings um, if, if your population needs to do that as well too. Exactly, yeah. So and we took the printed surveys down to a community pharmacy that was offering a Medicare Part D consultation service. Um, we wanted to get a better understanding of the people that were using the service and their experience with Medicare Part D plan selection and then compare that to individuals that were not using the service. And so trying to get a better understanding of how the service was benefiting that community and how we could potentially engage other individuals that might benefit from the service right. um, that were currently not using it. Right. And so one community pharmacy in rural Iowa was kind of where we piloted this and tried to right. figure out exactly what types of applications JourneyMap could be used for in that setting. Right. So I think community pharmacy was a fascinating place to do this work, especially in a social impact context. And you know, community pharmacies, for those who aren't familiar, there's the big change you go to, like a Walgreens or CVS, but then community pharmacies are your corner drugstore, where there's a good chance, especially if you live in a smaller town or a rural community, that that's the place you go to get your medications. And there's a good chance that you know them and they know you. And so it's a very interesting place to understand the experiences and the journeys of people uh, as they're engaging with their pharmacists. And, and so JourneyMap has remote ethnography concepts built into it. And ethnography, again, is it's a type of research that really measures empathy and what, how somebody remembers an experience, whether it was good or bad, whether they needed help. And so all those concepts are what you capture in JourneyMap. And then you can see what the journey looks like. You actually see an up and down um, uh, visual display and you get some demographic information in that. And so, uh, that's what Logan used in a rural community pharmacy setting. Yep. So, all right. So, before we go too much further about the work that you focused on Medicare Part D, and everyone listening may not understand what Medicare Part D is, so let's spend just a moment. What is Medicare Part D and why is it important? Why did you select this? So, Medicare Part D is a public insurance benefit yep. that's offered to individuals that are 65 and older uh, to cover their prescription drugs. These are add-on plans, correct? Yes, add-on plans to regular Medicare. To regular Medicare to, to hopefully help you better afford the prescriptions you need. Correct, yes. yes. Okay. And so I originally got interested in looking at Medicare Part D and Medicare Part D plan selection during my time as a pharmacy student. Yep. Um, this was basically through conversations with my grandparents and other individuals that were in that 65 plus age category, realizing that especially in rural communities without internet, selecting plans through the Medicare Part D website was actually pretty challenging. And so unless you have an informed individual, like a grandson who's a pharmacy student and right. now a pharmacist, right. um, or if you have uh, another individual that you trust in terms of helping you make this decision, it can be particularly challenging. And so I wanted to get a better understanding of how we could improve individuals' plan selection experience and then subsequently help them actually pick better plans. Right. When I heard that Logan was interested in researching this, I thought, in his experiences, I'm, I'm just a touch older than Logan, and I know that my mom, every year, uh, this comes up when the, when the window opens to select your Medicare Part D plan. And even if you do have access to the internet, um, this is complex and it's confusing and it's a dynamic marketplace with insurance 
companies that change different benefits or different copays or whatever with different plans and it changes every year yeah. uh, and so I thought this is a fascinating area to, to do some research yeah. and so just a, a little more background on that John that we know from previous literature and then some of the work that I've done prior to this journey map project uh, we know that about four percent of the population that is eligible for Medicare Part D plans switch every year that's the, interesting the beneficiary yeah uh, has the potential to save about $400, so they, they're spending $400 more on prescription drugs than they actually need to be. Right. Um, and we, we know that a pharmacy service actually increases switching, um, and then it subsequently has shown to increase medication adherence. And the reasons behind that we're not entirely sure of, but we know that using the service does lead to Medicare increase, uh, increased medication adherence. So, so by potentially switching, you might be able to A, save money, and then B, by being able to better afford your prescriptions, would it be correct to say that perhaps that also leads to better medication adherence, that people actually taking their meds? Yep, yeah, yeah. and we can't say for certain that it's right. It's because of the cost savings, but right. we, we can say that utilization of the service drives these, medication These are adherence. all elements in, in the mix. Yep. And so, and I think when you get to, the reason why I was interested in this from a social, because of course community pharmacies are, are small businesses many times, uh, but I think there is a key social impact element here because this gets right to whether or not a retired person can or cannot potentially afford their meds, which may be absolutely critical to them and their health. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that, um, from an individual testimony that I've seen, just working with my grandparents on their medications, and one year something is a tier one prescription, and so it's covered, or the vast majority of it's covered by their insurance plan, and then the next year that item moves off of formulary or becomes a lower tier and so all of a sudden their out-of-pocket costs are are jumping and then um, there's a number of questions about well what, what's a better medication could I be on something else do I really need this medication so there's a lot of uncertainty that's involved with those formulary changes and that um, subsequently uh, sometimes leads to individuals questioning the actual medications that they're on and right so it's right. a really uncertain process and right the insurance and this is not just for you know specialty medications and new and emerging stuff. This is for some pretty standard medications that many people need to take, right? Yeah, and so um, it, it certainly has the potential to impact specialty medications, but we see it in things like insulin, yep. um, just relatively routine diabetic medications, a lot of those medications that you don't really think about um, in terms of being affiliated with some of the higher costs. Um, insulin obviously being an exception to that with how much that's been in the news more recently. Right. Um, but yeah, the, some of the medications that a large number of individuals are on and need to be on to control their disease states are subject to some of these price fluctuations in formulary. Right, great. So, so that's why this was such an interesting area to, to research. And mm -hmm. so, um, all right, so I wanna get into uh, it with Logan about exactly what this research was and how he did the work and, and uh, he found some uh, very interesting data variances he can describe. Before we start that though, I think what's really important to note is that what I've noticed in the world, when you get to the subject of patient experience, not just customer experience, uh, two major trends or phenomena that, that I've seen is that, number one, there's a lot of organizations that do surveys. They do satisfaction surveys and they call that patient experience. And, and that, that's really, that doesn't get to the experience. It gets to whether or not people are satisfied with what you're doing. But that experience, the journey, uh, is really uh, offers so many more points of insight and opportunities to engage and intervene and provide a better experience that there's a lot more work to be done than just 
surveys in the world of patient experience. Uh, and the other thing is that many times when you get to a conversation about patient experience, there's this wall that's thrown up and people say, well, there's HIPAA. And because of HIPAA privacy, we can't do that. And what's fascinating is that there are all sorts of opportunities to look at how you can provide a better experience for your customers or your beneficiaries or your patients, whomever it is, that are outside the, the purview of HIPAA. And so, you know, if somebody can't park at your health clinic or pharmacy or whatever it is, they're probably not gonna come there as often or as frequently as you would like them to. Your parking has nothing to do with HIPAA data. And so, uh, of course, there are areas in the healthcare world that uh, an experience has to do with personal information and personal healthcare information. But there's a lot of work to be done uh, outside of HIPAA constraints. And, and that, that's actually where, where I think Logan's done some really interesting research, so. Yeah. And John, I think you're, you're absolutely correct. And from a pharmacy standpoint, this is something that we've seen historically from an evaluation standpoint, yep. is was the patient satisfied? And so in this context, the Medicare Part D consultation is free to the patient. And so there's not a lot of scenarios where an individual would be dissatisfied with a free service. And right. that's something that we've seen time and time again. And so what JourneyMap has allowed us to do is actually get a better um, evaluation of what's actually going on for the patient and so what are the high points of the service what are the low points of the service and so outside of just well it was free so it was good right this has allowed us to even identify shortcomings right. um, or huge benefits that people have received exactly. outside of the relatively rudimentary satisfaction measure in right. this context right so there, there's nothing wrong with measuring satisfaction it's just um, that's one step when there's so many other things you could be doing to better understand the experience of a patient or a customer or a patient who is a customer, which in the case of community pharmacy, uh, you kind of use that term sometimes interchangeably depending upon uh, what the experience is. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So, um, so you described that you use paper-based surveys, and I know you engage the pharmacist to get the surveys completed. Um, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about the findings? So, so one of the things that's always good to do because journey mapping work using ethnography, whether it's custom research or remote ethnography like journey map the application uses, um, you're using smaller populations of people. And so having an A group and a B group so that you can compare and validate to make sure you didn't have a, a group of outliers is always good. Uh, and so Logan had an A group and a B group and uh, um, uh, it provided an opportunity to see some really interesting differences and variances in the experience. Um, so let's talk about the, uh, the data and, and, and what, what did we learn here? Yeah, and so for our two personas that JourneyMap created for us based on the 18 surveys that were completed by both our A and our B group, um, the A group here being individuals that use the service, the B group being those that did not. Right. Um, we have two different emotional journeys that our patients went on, which we have named them Beverly and Susan after my grandmothers. That's very important. And I think, <laughs> and actually, I think it's great that it is Logan's grandmothers. The names are here for the personas, if you will. You get, with Journey Map, you get kind of a thumbnail of a persona. If you're approaching this in a different way, I still suggest that you put a face and a name on your work. It's really important. So. Our two groups were Beverly and Susan. I think it's a it's a frequent theme that you find women are more engaged in healthcare decisions. And mm -hmm. so uh, the the representative respondents in each of the A group and the B group were women, um, and they were both both groups were over age sixty five. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
there is one really interesting variance though between the, the A group which used the Medicare Part D consultation service in the community pharmacy versus the B group that did not use the service offered by the community pharmacist. And, and what was that? What we found from just some of the basic demographic and descriptive information is that the individuals that used the pharmacy service um, actually fell in a slightly lower income bracket right. um, than the individuals that did not use the service. And right. so from a social determinant of health standpoint, yeah. um, income seemingly drove individuals' decision-making around who to use for the service and then obviously subsequently impacted their overall journey. So right. potentially could be contributing to the experience. Sure, exactly. And also uh, a clear implication as to who might or might not be able to afford uh, medications that are or are not covered in um, by their Medicare Part D plan then so mm -hmm. so that was really interesting as we and as we play out what the findings were uh, that income variance between a group that used the service and the B group that did not it, that's going to come back and so um, all right so let's uh, a bit of a spoiler alert and we'll come back to this what was what I found fascinating when I first saw these two groups was that they both ended up in the exact same place um, journey map shows you uh, uh, high points and low points where people were happy or un unhappy. Um, they both ended up in the exact same place. Their journeys to get to the, the, to the end result though were very different. And that, that to me really uh, caught my attention. So Logan, why don't you tell us a little bit about the journeys of each one and then what, what was different? Yeah, and so the benefit of having the A and B group here again from a statistical standpoint is that we were actually able to use statistical measures to compare the two groups. Right. And really what we found statistically um, is that individuals that used the service um, generally had a higher sense of collaboration. So obviously using the service here, they felt like they had an opportunity to discuss their plans more. They had a little bit more engagement with a collaborative relationship um, that allowed them to help kind of make this decision. And they also had an opportunity to com uh, actually compare plans. And so individuals right. that used the service um, had an opportunity to kind of look through the different plans with their pharmacist, um, for better or worse, as we'll see within this next point, um, is that using the service actually led to a more challenging decision-making process. And so, yep. Um, but a little more challenging process might not be bad, though. Right, and, uh, and challenging might be informed. In yes, exact, exactly. The more you know, you do have to sort through all that, but, but you know more, so... And then as, as John already mentioned, then all of these individuals actually ended with similar levels of uncertainty about their future based on their plan selection. And so um, regardless of what the overall journey was, there was still considerable opportunity to kind of improve that last component of the uncertainty in both groups. Right, right. So, um, so I th what kind of jumped out at me because there were, um, and and some of the, so the the pictures of the journeys are actually on the journey map website. That's j o u r n i m a p dot com. So there's a tab on the journey map website uh, that's called Journey to Help, and and Logan's case study is the first Journey to Help case study, and you can see the pictures of the journeys there. Uh, what really jumped out at me, uh, looking at these results, mapping data points on kind of an x y axis here, uh, is the ups and downs with the A group clearly demonstrated it was more challenging. The B group had fewer ups and downs. Um, uh, it was a smaller variance, I think, between the good experiences, bad experiences. But what seemed to come through was that um, uh, by engaging with a pharmacist, the A group, Beverly, 
became much more informed and uh, and really you know under had a clear picture of what she was trying to decide and which there are ups and downs to that the B group Susan, who had a higher income, so Beverly represented an average household income of twenty-five thousand to forty thousand dollars a year, and this is in retirement. Um, and then Susan's average household income was in the next category higher. It was average fifty thousand to seventy-five thousand household income per year as a retired person. Um, and so uh, Susan, from the commentary, and I'll let Logan talk about this. Many of the of the individuals that contributed to the Susan persona, they were talking to advisors, but they weren't necessarily talking to a pharmacist, which uh, that that was really interesting. What do you think the difference was there? Yeah, so I think that that's a really interesting point, John, and something that we didn't necessarily expect to see within right. the data. But again, that's one of the benefits of JourneyMap is that we have this qualitative component, at least from our standpoint. We were able to get all these qualitative responses and then subsequently code them and then use those qualitative responses. And for those of you that don't know what qualitative means, basically just open-ended responses where an individual had an opportunity to write some, some free text about what their experience right. was like. Right. Um, and so really what that allowed us to do was kind of pinpoint who was using a different type of inform information source in order to go about their Medicare Part D plan selection process. Um, additionally, what we found within both groups from some of the qualitative work was that trust was a hugely influential component right. in both of these groups. And so trust in a financial advisor, which we saw on the Susan group with a higher income to use more frequently. So right. an individual associated with their finances um, or also previously making a financial decision sure. themselves. Accountant, insurance agent, financial planner, somebody like that. And I know there's a lot of people who do engage with um, an advisor of that nature when the window opens and they need to choose their uh, their Medicare Part D plan each year. So so the B group was many times turning to an advisor of that type and the A group was engaging with the pharmacist. Mm -hmm. Which, again, we can only kind of think about in terms of that, how universally true this is, but it seemed that the individuals in the higher income bracket were using right. someone that they had historically trusted, trusted being a huge right. component here, with their finances. Right. And so that trust extended into the healthcare right. financial arena as Which well. Which this is where you get to social determinants of health. You know, social determinants of health, if, if, if you're listening and you're not familiar with that, you know, if someone lives in an inner city in a food desert, they don't have access to grocery stores, that's going to impact their ability to have good health. Um, well, if you're a retired person and your 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 needed medications are outside of your financial means, that's going to be a social determinant of health if you if you can't afford your your prescriptions. And so I thought it was so interesting that um, the the lower income group had engaged with their pharmacist, and while they they had more ups and downs in terms of the journey to, to picking a Medicare Part D plan, they had a more informed decision and actually. The, I mean, we don't know everything about the financial, the finances of, of these individuals, but um, you know, I, if, if if they have a lower income household, you know, the cost of their prescriptions are going to have a higher impact on their ability to pay. I thought it was just a really fascinating finding that that came out here. Yeah, absolutely. And then also within the the A groups so of individuals that use the service they had a harder time putting that trust in a pharmacist making a financial decision or informing a financial decision and that could be because they have historically not experienced that type of relationship with their pharmacist right. or maybe they were just relatively untrustworthy. Um, as the literature shows, as you, as you age you become less trustworthy 
in terms of your overall trust with an individual regardless of how trustworthy right. they actually are. Right. So elderly individuals just more trusting in general, unless it's around financial decisions, in which case they have a hard time trusting people. That's interesting. Regardless. Right. So if it's a financial decision, it's, it's hard to trust someone, period, um, for this demographic. So what's, what's interesting here is that, so as I said before, you can do journey mapping work a lot of different ways. If you're in field with custom ethnography, you're going to come back from field with, from that research of sitting across the table from someone or in their living room or in a pharmacy or whatever, and you'll be able to write down all sorts of verbatim comments or have them recorded so that you know what they said. In journey map, there's not, there's, uh, several different places where people can offer up commentary and there's open text boxes in the surveys uh, so that you can get these um, these real comments from the real people taking the surveys and what was fascinating was that this predominant theme that came back from both the A group and the B group in Logan's research was trust and so now a community pharmacy is usually a small business and so of course they're, they're interested in the relationship with their patients, their customers, on more level than one. Of, of course, there's a lot of intent to help people, uh, but also, you know, the relationship with the customer, as the patient is, uh, is also pretty interesting if you're, if you're wanting to make sure that you're doing new and innovative things in your pharmacy and, you, and you're trying to figure out what services you could offer and different ways to cement that relationship um, uh, with somebody. There's a lot of interesting implications here as well too, I think. Yeah, absolutely, John. And from a, a, an additional application component of this, at the end of the, the journey map survey, there's an opportunity to provide additional contact information, yep. which a number of our individuals did. So depending on your time and budget, which as a graduate student, I have none of both. <laughs> um, depending on th those two things, you sure. could actually go in and you could do some of the more traditional ethnography type research. So right. you could hold focus groups, you could do additional qualitative interviewing or yeah. those types of things to better understand the particular experiences that the individuals that left their contact information gave. So we could really, if we wanted to, we could explore trust much more thoroughly and kind of develop a potentially better theoretical model as to how that was contributing. And so the opportunity for expanding your ethnography work based on journey map yeah, is... Yeah. Or whatever you do, exactly. This has been Social Impact CX Podcast Episode 38, the first part of my conversation with pharmacist and pharmacy PhD student Logan Murray who's working on his thesis at the University of Iowa's College of Pharmacy. And in terms of covering new territory, which I mentioned at the front of this recording, I think this is the first time I've talked with someone here on Social Impact CX who used the Journey Map application that I've been working on the past couple of years. And then after using Journey Map, has sat down to talk about what they learned about during the process and what the findings are all about and what this all means. On the Journey Map website, and that's J-O-U-R-N-I-M-A-P.com, uh, I've pulled live a new tab called Journey to Help, and Logan's work is the first feature there. And, and just to note, my company, Journey Map, and this podcast are certainly separate entities, but when their paths cross through social impact situations and examples of work where journey mapping is used to help others or to make the world a better place somehow, I plan on sharing occasionally here at Social Impact CX. So if someone's work qualifies as a journey to help over at Journey Map, then you might hear about it here at Social Impact CX. Do you have thoughts or questions about Logan's work or journey mapping or how customer experience practices like journey maps and empathy work can be applied in a healthcare or patient experience environment? 
like a community pharmacy. As always, you can ask a question or make a comment here at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, and, and maybe the best option, is you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at socialimpactcx.com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is at socialimpactcx. And please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. You can also find me on Twitter. My handle is at John F. Corrigan. And feel free to reach out uh, to me as well. We've expanded where you can find Social Impact CX online, and you may be listening from someplace like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play or SoundCloud or YouTube. If you've not found Social Impact CX wherever you, you usually get your podcasts, please let us know, and we'll look into expanding to wherever uh, you normally are. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX. Mm-hmm.